I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa. She's an Office 365 coach and catalyst at the Guild. Is it the Guild stuff? It's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. It's the it's good is spelled a very unique way there. I love it. I love it. Currently on her fifth year as an MVP, so crushing it. She loves fast motorcycles and owns two KTMs. She also has 101 tattoos. <laughs> eight of which are, are Microsoft logos. So she's competing with Chris Huntingford as another South African who loves his tattoos. Well, I have she to did a cra- Oh, yeah, you've got to check that out. She did a crazy challenge to write and publish a blog article and video per day on Microsoft 365, get this, for two years. So all those people out there that complain about doing it for a month, which is, I suggest, is a good uh, process to get into, she did it for two years. Check it out the show notes. You'll see links to her profile, as in like LinkedIn, Twitter, blogs, etc. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you very, very much. So, uh, yeah, so the good stuff. Um, if I knew how many people would get my email wrong, I would have chosen a different name. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Something a little unique, though. 101 tattoos. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of that. Should I get another one or is that enough? And the thing with tattoos is once you start with another one, because I wanted to do my other sleeve, then it's all you think about. You know, that's the only thing you think about. You wake up on a Saturday morning and think, oh, I woke up 10 minutes early. What can I do? Oh, that's right. I can go and get a tattoo, you know. so um, I love it. I love it. There's, you can never have enough tattoos. No, definitely. So, hey, Mark, so d- excuse me, Mark, for interrupting you. I now have three tattoos. I bought another one for um, Cape Town. <laughs> wow. So tell me what's special about a KTM. Wow, that's no one's ever asked me that. That's a very good question. So I've always been a BMW girl all my life, and um, I picked up some back problems a couple of years ago, and I pretty much Googled most upright rider um, like other bikes than GSs, and I saw a guy on a KTM um, Duke, and I was like, that can work, and that's how I got onto KTMs, and now I'm a lover for life. So, Wow, wow. There's a range of MVPs in the BizApps community. I can think of at least one, two, three offhand that are all into motorbikes big time. Maybe four I can think of, actually. Mm. I I think it's a thing. I think it's related. I don't think um, there's a lot of people that realize how creativity comes into the IT space, you know, and and being adrenaline junkies, I suppose, is very much linked to uh, that personality type. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I uh, just two weekends ago did another bungee jump 
um, my second bungee jump. And it is funny, eh, how adrenaline goes hand in hand with a lot of what we do in IT. Absolutely. Well, I think we need it. I think it's the way to kind of flip the brain to, uh, to just find some balance. I call it balance. Nice, nice. Anyhow, tell me a bit about you before we get into the technology story and, and, and how you became an MVP and all that type of stuff. Tell us about family, food and fun in South Africa. Family, food and fun. Hmm. So, I could have put I could have put four F's in there, but I thought three F's were enough. <laughs> See that? So family, I think the first thing I'd like to say about family, of course, we have the one that we connected to by birth, but um, but I yes. think also very important to me is the Microsoft family. I think that's mm, mm, mm. big one thing about being an MVP that was the most valuable to me is is becoming part of the most incredible family in the community. So definitely have a strong community down here as well. And, uh, but also the way it extended my Microsoft family across the world. I mean, it just opened doors and it broke down barriers and it connected. So on a family front, um, that's something that I would have wanted to say. Um, fun, of course, like I said, I'm an adrenaline junkie and ride motorcycles and I do crazy stuff, skydiving and deep sea diving. Haven't done those for a while, but, uh, I mean, I was going to visit New Zealand um, a couple of years ago and we had a problem with my visa. I couldn't make it for the conference, but I wanted to go do those things in the plastic balls where you roll off the mountain. I don't yes, know yes, yes, the Zorbs. Zorb. They're called, they're called Zorbs. Yes. So I'll have to come back and go and do that. And then, I don't know, food, I'm going to have to go and say in the food range, I'm going to think of fruit and then I'm going to go straight to wine. <laughs> Nice, nice, because good selection. Wine. So I'm going to like, in my food range, I'm going to go straight to wine and say, I'm sorry, everyone, but South Africa does make the best wine in the world and challenge accepted. Wow. Okay. So here's the thing. Before you said that, it just went into my mind. I'm like, I can't even remember having a South African wine. And so tell us about the, yeah, the wine landscape there. Well, of course, I flew down to Cape Town um, yesterday and I'm now in the most beautiful like grid of beautiful wine farms. I'm right in the middle of Durbanville, where a lot of the best wines come from, by the way. But um, I think I've had lots of South African wine overseas because sometimes it's cheaper than buying whatever it is overseas that's not nice. I mean, it's amazing. So I definitely like my dry wines. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, otherwise, we're going to just talk about wine. So I think we need to nip that. <laughs> <laughs> So what is what is your story of getting into into IT and then ultimately into Microsoft? Did you always go to Microsoft from the get-go, as in that was a community you entered, or did you come by another path into tech? So you're going to have to, I'm looking at the clock right now, tell me how much time I have to explain this, because then I'm going to have to like culture the story slightly. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you can take however much time you want. <laughs> so, so quite an interesting story. And I love telling people this, because I do think it inspires people as well that have, thinks that we have the structured way to get into a career. And that's not true. So I started working quite young, about 15. Okay, I finished school um, quite early. And um, didn't at that time I didn't have the opportunity to go study. Okay, it just wasn't it wasn't something that was even considered. There wasn't money for it. You just started working, and um, and the kind of jobs you get when you don't study is normally a receptionist, especially as a girl, a receptionist or a, what they call a girl Fridays. So you do wages and you make the boss coffee and you're a receptionist. And that's how I kind of started whatever it is I had to do to earn money to pay for my living and etc. And mm -hmm. 
always been a problem solver. So wherever I went in life, I would always spot things that people struggle with and I'd always try and help them, whether it was, and most of the time it wasn't part of my job, you know. So so right from get-go, 90% of what I did didn't include what I got paid for. You know, it was always about helping people. I've always had a passion to help people. So I kind of moved from that. You kind of evolve. I eventually became a bookkeeper, okay? I mean, I, I shouldn't even say this on radio. People would laugh if they hear that. They would never imagine that I'm, <laughs> I'm super geeky about numbers and things that balance. But I think it's that OCD-ness that we have as well. You know, that kind of a thing it has got to have, be controlled and stuff. So I became a bookkeeper eventually. And then I had a driving school, okay, <laughs> for years. I gave driving lessons, K53. I like told people how to ride cars. I loved it. I mean, it was just, it was one of the most fun things I've ever done because the adrenaline junkie kicked in, of course, because you couldn't do anything to scare me. I loved every moment of it, okay? So I had a driving school. And then uh, at some point, I uh, opened an art shop and I sold art supplies. And then I started giving art classes, and then I started designing furniture and kitchens. And then I started um, building furniture and kitchens. I had a big decor show. And, um, and then eventually, uh, you know, life goes through its cycles. I, uh, at that stage, I got divorced and kind of like all the businesses got closed and everything and moved back to um, Johannesburg and started bottom again. You know, that's just that refreshing cycle that life does. And started at a company. And within seven months, they called me in, but also just as a receptionist or whatever, you know, because I, if I could put it, I didn't have papers, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to just step in a job and earn a decent salary. You know, it was always about proving yourself first for peanuts. And about six months later, they called me in and said, hey, you've been promoted. I'm like, what? I didn't apply for a job. They said, well, you're a systems administrator now for some system. I'm like, what system's that? And they said, I don't know. I'm sure you'll figure it out because they kind of knew me by, by then and knew that I would put my head to it and figure it out. And seven months later, I don't know, and that's why seven became my favorite number, I suppose. Seven months later, my boss called me in again and says, Trace, believe it or not, um, you you've like, don't have your job anymore. You have another job. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, I don't know. He says, you're the intranet manager now and the management rep for AFGRI, okay? And um, I said, really? I'm like, what is all of that? And he says, I don't know. You're going to figure it out. He says, oh, and it's on SharePoint. I was like, what? What's SharePoint? And that's exactly, Mark, is how it started. So that was, I've got to quickly like add this up. I'd say about 15 or odd years ago, 16 years ago. And he said, you've got a long weekend. It was actually over like these long weekends in March. He says, you've got a Friday and a Monday with a long weekend to figure out what SharePoint is because you take over on Tuesday, okay? No handover. It was just the craziest thing ever. And it's the best thing that ever happened in my life. Best thing. And that, of course, a lot of us stepped into it either through Exchange or through SharePoint and uh, but I came in from the business side. So I think that was very valuable for me because I could solve problems and I could train people and I could build solutions. So I built compliance solutions and that just escalated. It became InfoPath and um, SharePoint Designer and like a mix of Nintex in there sometimes. And, um, and that just escalated. It straight escalated into Office 365, of course, like 12 years ago, 11 years ago. That's, that's where we are. So zero education that led up to it, zero thought process behind saying one day I want to be this and this. I just took every day and made the best of it and tried to solve problems and loved what I did. And that's how I kept on moving. And now I think people look at all those jobs and they say, Trace, how on earth does all of that come together? And I'm like, how can you not see how it comes together? Having an art school and designing things and solving problems, making things balanced, all of that is what I do today. So it's like I actually had a, a 30-year um degree in in life that kind of led up to um what i'm doing today so yeah that's the 
kind of the short end of the long story. <laughs> I like it. So what are you doing today? What, what's the pointy end of your day-to-day nowadays? So um, I definitely, I've gotten a much more involved on the like strategic consulting, if I can put it that way, because I've got quite a big mouth in the industry and customers know they can get me into give them a straight story. So I don't sell licenses and I always tell customers this. I don't sell licenses. What I tell you is not motivated by anything. Okay. It's motivated by me wanting you to succeed. So a lot of customers will get me in either much later when they have problems already. So they've got it already for two years. They're not seeing the ROI on it and say, Trace, please come and help us uh, sort this out. Or if they, if they kind of like upfront enough, they'll get me involved right in the beginning. So change management, adoption training, but also on the strategic side of helping them with their roadmaps, with planning the future, with um, mapping to the technologies, but also building intranets and um, doing what we call citizen development. So a bit of everything, but definitely on both sides, you know, on the technical side as well, which I absolutely love. Nice. So how did you get onto Microsoft's radar from the, an MVP perspective? How, how did that journey happen for you? I... Um, it was the challenge for sure. I, I'm quite convinced it was that challenge I did. And I never, I never did that challenge to prove anything to anyone else but me. I was, I was quite, because I think that was in 2016. So not so many years ago, but I was still in the learning curve. You know, Office 365 was a completely different thing of SharePoint where you knew exactly what you were doing on that version until the new version came out. You know, it was a very so in place. I knew exactly what I was doing. And then Office 365 got added and every day was new. I mean, every day a button moved, a new feature got added, something got renamed and it was a different thing. So I kind of like decided at some point I had to push myself harder to learn. I wasn't learning fast enough because you know how we put things down and you know, it's another week and you've not gotten to that because life happens, you know? And and I thought to myself, because I'm quite competitive, even against myself, right? And I thought to myself, Maybe I should challenge myself to say that every day I want to learn something, tackle something, learn it, and then also help people by sharing my learning journey with them. So that was always the point. It was never to blog from an expertise level. It was never. It was to share my learning journey. And that's how I started. So by then I've had some experience already, but there was a lot that I still wanted to figure out. So started this uh, thing. Of course, no good story starts with a green salad, okay? So I did start um, with wine in my garden, okay? And that's the problem. It's the stuff you think out when you drink wine, okay? And it was also leap year. So it was the 29th of Feb, and I've got a crazy little geeky thing about numbers. So I was sitting in the garden on leap year, having a glass of wine, just like having a reflecting moment about life and how it's a special day that happens every couple of years. And I was like, wow, I should do something special today. And then I thought of Office 365, and I don't know how that happened, but it's the first time that it hit me that 365 meant all year round. You know, it's a day. And I thought of a story that I used to watch as a kid called um, 80 Days Around the World or something. It was this traveling little. And I went like, oh, how cool would that be around the office in 365 days? And that's why after a, part, a couple of glasses of wine, then dreamt up. I always start with graphics. So I designed a logo first. I always do that. All my ideas start with graphics. So I designed this around the um, office in 365 days logo. And I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Every single day for 365 days, I'm going to try and learn something, um, figure it out, practice it, document it, and share it. And, um, of course, that first year that I did it, I wasn't into YouTubing yet. Okay, I didn't do videos. So I took 
hours every day to do this. Four hours every day. So that was me for a whole year. Every night, four hours, I would write an article. And as a blogger as well, I think a lot of people struggle with that. We want to write the whole book. You say, oh, today I want to share with people how to change the theme on SharePoint. And then you go, but wait, I've got to first show them how to deploy it. Or I've got to first show them. And then it becomes a book, you know. So that was an incredible for me as well to take a step back and to do bite sizes so I had to bring that down because it was hectic and every single day I still thought I wasn't going to make it isn't it amazing our self-esteem every single day I thought I wasn't going to make it I was convinced when there were seven days left I still thought I was going to slip up because for me I had to publish one every single day and I was writing every day. I didn't have time to write a couple for the week and and that I couldn't believe it that I'd learned so much and I'd I mean, people would say, Trace, do you have time to write a book? I'm like, oh, hell no. But in that year, I wrote a book of about 1,500 or 2,500 pages. I mean, that's what I wrote. And I'm just crazy. And then, and then, so by then, I'd already picked up street cred. Like a lot of people started getting to know me um, online, which was never the point. I didn't think people would read it. It was more me documenting my journey, you know. And I remember Dan Home reached out on Twitter and he says, wow, Trace, that's amazing. He says, are you going to do another one? And I'm like, are you crazy? I'm never going to write a blog again in my life. Okay, I'm done. I've written more blogs than most people will ever write in their life. I'm done. And then obviously two months later, Microsoft launched Microsoft 365 because it was Office 365. Two months later, Microsoft 365. And I was like, wow, now I can include Windows and all types of other stuff because before I just focused. And then I went like, ah, let's just do it again. But by that stage, I dropped into starting doing um, more YouTube videos as well, which then shortened that curve. You know, it became like an hour a day, something to test something small and to document it. So I do think that that's how I came, most probably got to know more people, if that makes sense. I've got a couple of MVP friends as well. But to even say that when I got nominated, it wasn't uh, a big thing for me to be part of that. I didn't think I belonged there. I didn't think it was somewhere I should be. Yeah. And um, we have a different perception about things. You know, I was like, I've never been someone who does things for the sake of having a badge. So that kind of annoyed me about it. You know, there's, there's good sides and bad sides about everything. And I said to a friend that I don't want to be that person. I don't want people to think I'm doing things to be an MVP. Then I'd rather not be an MVP. And I'll never forget it. A good friend of mine in Oz, by the way, he's moved to Oz now. And he said to me, Trace, well, if you've got such a problem with it, why don't you become one and change it? Yeah, <laughs> was, good, good, you know, good, really good, good. To challenge me like that. So, so that's how it happened. And I, I don't know what you said in the beginning. I'm sure you used the wrong um, years, but I think I've been an MVP for about six or seven years now. And then I've been a dual MVP. It's about six, seven. I've been a dual MVP for um, three years. So it was first Office nice. 5 and then Business Apps came um, with the last three years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you should be, according to this, you'll be, because uh, we're all in renomination cycle at the moment, you're going to your seventh year as an MVP. Does that sound about right? I think so, if I remember it correctly, because it's now in July. Hey, somewhere in July that bomb drops again or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so 2016, right, was when you got your first one. I, that I, right? I think so. I suspect that's it. So I can't remember now. <laughs> I was just looking on the MVP awards site. Wow, this is such a cool story. And so how did you, and, and, and I'll, I'll finish with this question. How did you find the transition between blogging 
and then YouTubing? Because I see that YouTube is really the way a lot of people are creating content these days over the traditional. A lot of IT folks came from a, you wrote a book and then book writing kind of faded out and writing blogs became the big thing. And it seems now YouTube and even people are playing with TikTok and things like that in the IT space. So what it, what was that big transition to YouTube um, for you? I think, and again, it's a self-esteem thing. I think um, I, in the beginning, wouldn't put my camera on for YouTube. I really struggled with that. And then I realized that it makes it more personal for people. It makes it more relatable. And I also didn't like the sound of my own voice. I really hated those first recordings. I couldn't stand. Because, hey, let's face it, in my head, I thought I sounded like Bonnie Tyler, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're like, wait, that's not Bonnie Tyler. But um, I think think what uh, a, a big learning curve for me was I like still documenting. There's still blogs that I do document rather. Um. The funny thing is I prefer reading blogs than watching videos because it's easier for me to go control A, control F and find the word that I'm looking for. I'm sometimes too impatient. So it depends on what it is that I, if it's a very technical thing, I'll then go and find a video and if it's short enough, I'll watch it. So there's this um, saying, and I don't know who stole it from you. Now it works with famous sayings. I mean, who really said it? But let's say it was Einstein or something. Said that if you can't explain something simply, perhaps you don't understand it well enough. And that's something I experienced with YouTube is because you can't go that long and into so much detail. You have to actually change the way that you explain something and it's got to be shorter. So part of that, the second cycle that I did those blogs and I went into vlogging then because I actually was running out of time. I just was, I wasn't getting to everything and I was just too busy. And that's why I went into videos. I then the last part of it went into a challenge where I said, nothing can be longer than five minutes. It's the most difficult thing I'd ever done most difficult thing I've ever done is to be able to put out meaningful content in five minutes and under. So that's quite a big challenge that I think anyone can take on because it changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you explain something to people and how clear you are about things. It also connects things for me. So so when you do shorter bursts like that, it makes you start putting collections together, which I think is different with that. So saying that over the next 21 videos, I'm going to cover this and this and this with you. Now, the TikTok thing's interesting because I've already created a TikTok account, but I've, I've been too scared to open it. Okay, I created one a couple of months ago because I'm definitely moving by that next, but I'm going to have to change the, the software that I use and everything. It's definitely a different, it's more of a um, portrait type of video and the length is even shorter. So um, there's that Mike, is it Mike Tolfs? I don't know how to pronounce his surname, Mike Tolfsy does the education videos. Microsoft is brilliant, brilliant on TikTok. And uh, following him, I'm like, I think I'm going to move there because we all think TikTok is just dancing elephants, but there's a massive audience out there for people that wants to learn. So that's why maybe I should make that a, a challenge because once I challenge myself, I feel accountable and I have to put it out there. I have to actually put it out into the media to be accountable. Like that day when I sat in my garden drinking wine, I woke up that morning and I went, oh, gee was thank goodness I didn't commit to that. But I did. I woke up that with a lot of stuff. I went on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And I said, this is what I'm going to do from tomorrow. <laughs> that was a mistake. But anyway. So then I was accountable. So I think I should do that with TikTok because uh, I think that learning curve will be quite interesting. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, 
check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guide. Thanks again and see you next time.